So you guys, the plan is we're going to go up to the top of Palmer. I can talk a little bit about how we handle that whole situation. And then I thought we'd stop at Silcox for those of you who haven't been to Silcox. Sounds great, Jeff Constam. Tell me more about how your mountain works. Mountain Works podcast, providing insider intel into how ski areas happen, created by and for ski area employees in the Northwest. I'm Jordan Elliott, and this episode was an accident because I am an amateur podcast creator. Last week, I attended and administered the association's board meeting, and the whole board was there. Josh Jorgensen from Mission Ridge in Washington, John Burton from Timberline, Oregon, Hiram Toll from Mount Ashland, Oregon, Greg Pack from Mount Hood Meadows, Oregon, Guy Lawrence from the Summit at Snoqualmie, Washington, and John McLeod from Mount Bachelor, Oregon. Also with us was Kelly Pollock from the National Ski Areas Association. This really was an all-star crew. We gathered for our winter board meeting, and in that meeting in the afternoon, We talked a lot about the upcoming Mountain Works Conference in Bend, Oregon in April of 2022. But the morning before, we just planned on going skiing. We knew we were all there together. We haven't hung out in quite a while because, you know. So we were really looking forward to it. And then lo and behold, the folks at Timberline Lodge put on their super host hat and showed us one good time. It was John Burton the director of marketing and PR there at Timberline, and Jeff Constam, who leads the company. I was not expecting that to happen, so I didn't even take the good microphone. I had a little teeny Zoom H1 OG kind of recorder, and it worked, but, well, only kind of. Very windblown out, very in and out, plus I was skiing and having a good time. But it was worth pulling it out, and here's what you're going to listen to now. Jeff Constam arranged for one of the snowcats to pick us up at the Timberline Lodge. Now, if you've been to Timberline, you know that the Magic Mile lift operates, and that's kind of the, as high up as you can go lift access in the wintertime because the weather can be so gnarly. That Palmer chair, Palmer lift, goes up even higher, and they use Palmer uh, all summer long but they just can't use it in the wintertime. What they do is have that snowcat there waiting for you at the top of the mile. It can take you up to Palmer, and then you can get a taste of uh, what they're saying is going to be the longest ski run in North America from the top of Palmer all the way down to government camp as that ski area, uh, Summit Pass now becomes, or Summit Ski Area now becomes Summit Pass and is absorbed into Timberline Lodge. Super fun. 
wasn't expecting it. So I did grab the microphone. Jeff gave us a tour. He talked about some of the lift infrastructure. He talked about all the cool historic buildings that can be found at Timberline. All in all, Timberline runs six high-speed quads, two doubles, one surface lift, and I think now it's up to three passenger snowcats. I will tell you that it is windblown, and because this was an accident, there are times when we are just not going to be able to hear Jeff or what any of the other people are saying. So my plan for that is I'm going to hit the punch and roll record button as I play through that audio. And if there are any times when we can't really hear what Jeff is saying, I'll pick it out through my earphones. I'll repeat it. You'll hear my voice saying Jeff's words. It'll transition back into Jeff's actual voice. And we should be able to keep the story going as he tells us about Palmer Lift, as he tells us about the Silcox Lodge and some other buildings and the expansion plan. This is also going to force me to pop into some audio file editing, brush up on some skills that I don't really have, but I'm happy to learn the parametric equalizer, the high pass, see if I can cut down on some of that wind, cut down on some of that styrofoam sound, ski on the snow. I do kind of like the chatter that happens between the people as we meet and greet and stuff, so I might leave some of that in. At some point, I will mention again the Mountain Works Conference coming up in Bend, Oregon in April 2022 and how that actually integrates into this episode and what was going on with Palmer Lift. But for now, let's just uh, follow along on this fun little ski day with Jeff Ponstead. I am standing outside of the historic Timberline Lodge looking at the snowcat with the wagon on the back and about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine or so. Folks, ready to take a ride up top. Liking all your uh, social media posts. Looks like things are going well. Hey, he had a couple months guy, but I don't think he's going to make it. We're kind of waiting. We got to. That's the news it's Everyone does. You know what? It didn't snow for what, six weeks? Yeah. Husband coming? Well, we had a little skiing. Yeah, that one thing. Yeah, we just need a little bit more, man. But yeah, it's fun. Ashland, all three Mount Hoods. I think that's it. Looks like the, we're trying to get the mile. We'll see how that goes. The wind's supposed to lay down. That's the voice of Jeff Constant. Yep. So you guys, the plan is we're going to go up to the top of Palmer. I can talk a little bit about how we handle that whole situation. And then I thought we'd stop at Silcox. For those of you who haven't been to Silcox, we had a group in there last night, so it'll be a mess. But uh, Kelly, you'll want to see what that whole scene's about. And then we'll kind of ski the ski area a little bit. We'll go down to government like camp and Dalton is going to pick, him, pick us up in that day. Nice. About noon. And so we'll be back and we're meeting at two. Sort of the plan. Jordan, we got everyone? We got everyone. Okay, pile Let's in. Go. And this is where being inside of a passenger snowcat with that not great of a microphone requires some editing. You know what? Let's let's just get out of the cat. Made it. Good job, Chris. Thank you. All right, that was it. We took the cat ride. We are now at the top of Timberline. 
and it's a rare experience to be up here in the winter time. Uh, the lift doesn't run, but they do run the snowcats. Thanks for the ride, man. And now we just ski down from the top of Palmer, and Jeff starts to tell us about that lift's infrastructure. It can be, you know, a foot thick of cocktail ice or two feet thick, and the wind can blow 120 miles an hour up here. So you get this huge oscillation and wave. And if, if it's up on top, it will do a bunch of damage. And so, so what we do is we we pull it out and we put it on these winter shivs and those come off in the summertime for chair clearance. But there's shear bolts attaching that to the uh, tower and if it gets too much weight, that whole that whole shiv assembly will just break away before <clears throat> too much damage happens. And then you can see the tripod. So the lift tower is kind of tripod shaped, maybe about from two thirds of the way down to really help stabilize itself. And that's what Jeff is talking about. And the shear bolts. So if the lift gets really built up with ice and all that weight and all that wind oscillation wants to push it over, the bolts break and the tower is actually designed to fold in half rather than pull its foundation. In a couple storms, we lost five towers. And then the incident that happened with our rope summers ago, John, where we had to get the new rope from Europe during COVID and that whole deal. What happened is all the ice let loose and you had this big wave and it went up over the top and crushed those lifting fixtures at the top and just destroyed them and destroyed the rope. So Jeff said that's why Palmer doesn't operate in the wintertime. Mother Nature doesn't let it. It gets iced up too much. And in 2020, there was so much ice that it sheared off those towers, those designed shear bolts, enabling that to happen. But the assemblies came down so hard that it broke a lot of the upper machinery and it damaged the haul rope, which was quite the fix to get that thing up and running again. And I am going to interrupt right here and let's talk about the Mountain Works Conference, April 26th, 7th and 8th in Bend, Oregon. Rose Phillips is the general manager of Timberline. She oversees everything that happens outside. And at this conference, she is going to take an hour and a half and she's going to tell us what that storm was like that crippled Palmer, that took out its haul rope, that required a new haul rope to have to be installed because ice wins. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be such a cool thing to just really hear what that recovering Palmer reclaiming Palmer uh, whole event was like. So if you want to really get nerded out on that type of lift and what that Mount Hood weather can do to it and how you get it back, you should come to the Mountain Works Conference and hear Rose and Logan from her maintenance crew tell you all about it. Kick, kick your snow off. This is the bunk room, so it sleeps 24. And this was the old engine room of the original Magic Mile chairlift, which was built in 1939. And so um, the upper hut had a had a warming room, which we'll go up and check out. These are restrooms on the left here. A shower and three stalls. Walking up just this classic Cascadia style staircase, just pure stone and ironwork railing into the Great Hall. 
upstairs. Wine bottles still open from the night before. Night. Yeah. Ferdinand Silcox is the, the second chief of the Forest Service, so this is named for him. And uh, it was built, as I said, in 39, two years after the lodge was built by the government. So the government had a chairlift back then. And we closed this in 61 or 2. 61 would have been the last winter. And we built uh, a fixed grip double where the mile is now, or near it in 62 and that lasted until 92 and this building went once we kind of decommissioned the chairlift kind of fell in disrepair and there was a a climbing group of concerned folks who took on the initiative of restoring it and their dream they were kind of those Kathmandu type climbers serious climbers and their idea was to have it be a uh, you know an alpine uh, hostel type thing where you could just kind of check in Individually, is that Mazama's? No, it was the Friends of Silcox Hut. Was what it was called back then. And what you do is you come up in a snowcat. There's a host with you the whole time, and the the host makes you dinner. Uh, there's a full kitchen back here, and the host has a little bunk up above. So they're here on site with you the whole night. And then you have breakfast, and you either ski or take the snowcat out in the morning. And it's it's pretty popular and full most of the time, especially on the the peak type holidays. And, and really all the time. It was tough with COVID, it's too small, you know. Um, the hosts are all vaccinated up here, but. What's the cost? About 200 a person. Um, that includes your dinner and uh, your breakfast the next right. morning. And then. Um, so we have a minimum midweek and a minimum weekends. And I think it's 12 and 16, something like that. Yeah, uh, so all 12. Or do you mix groups? It, no, it's, it's one person rents it, it's up to them who they yeah. want. Yeah. Full moon last night would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some of those starry nights. And, yeah. You know, whether it's the, the whatever. It was a real full moon tonight. Yeah. No. Yeah, that was beautiful. I don't know. What we did, it was a full blizzard. That provides plenty of atmosphere, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day it come out, it's clear, it's a powder day. So it's like, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's the daily double right there. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to be here in a blizzard. This is our Dr. Meyer Palmer cell. Spend a lot of money to give you a free belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Steve Buchan, Boston dude, has been here for almost 40 years now, and he's kind of our main host, but there's probably three or four hosts. Jim Tripp. Jim Tripp, ex-Ski Patrol Director. All of them are very handy uh, with a snowcat and outdoors and life safety and those sorts of things, and then they have to be hospitable, too. They hold court really well up here. Yeah, and it's a it's a balance between service and staying out of the way, you know. Yeah. So even the detail of restoration trip was telling the story. They pulled up all the stones off the floor and had to map it, and they put the stones back down in the exact same place. And all the light fixtures, they're all, yeah, original. all original. Yeah, yeah. and same in the yeah. lodge, yeah. For sure. So special. Wood storage and some storage is back behind there. It's a big kind of Quonset hut thing that all the wood goes in. We go through quite a bit of wood up here. Have to haul it all up, obviously. So that's kind of the program here. Cool. It's awesome. Love it. Okay. Back See in. You so how we go down the bottom of Molly's, go right Poochie, go over Storm Norman, and then uh, 
cruiser down? Cruiser, well, go to the bottom of the foot, then cruise over there. Yeah. Those light fixtures that Kelly Pollock of the National Skiers Association had pointed out uh, were one of the first things that caught my eye as I walked into the room. The their wood, the chisel marks all the way around it, so artfully, just great. And then of course the other thing that caught my eye is that big Austrian Doppelmeyer bell hanging here that Jeff rang, and I'm gonna ring again. All right, we are now clicked back into our skis. We've skied down to the same elevation as the Timberline Lodge. You can see the Timberline Lodge. And we're at the proposed site of the top terminal of the gondola that they are planning to build. And here's Jeff telling us the about idea, that. The idea, you know, kind of goes in this direction down to government camp. It's about two and a half miles. And if we're going to do a gondola, the concept is, is that it's not just skiers and mountain bikers, it's tourists and sightseers. So we want it to end at the 6,000 foot elevation, which is, you know, Timberline. We looked at doing it in tighter there, but it, I think it would be too congested. And we would have to go over other lift lines to do what you can do, but um, the two kind of criteria are, you know, close enough to have it be reasonable to walk to the, to the lodge, and then high enough so you can get around that first tower. And then also summer skiers would walk from here to the bottom of the mile to access Palmer in the summer and probably start in government camp versus coming up to our parking lot. And so this would be the top terminal with a small little uh, coffee shop and a restroom. And that'd be the extent of the program there. And now we've left that top station of the proposed new gondola and we've skied down to the Flox Point Cabin, P-H-L-O-X, Flox Point Cabin. And this place has a lot of old cool buildings. This is called Flox Point Cabin, and it was originally built in 1925, and it was a climbing ski club that built it. And I can't tell you exactly which one, but they soon bequeathed it to the Boy Scouts in North America. So it's been a Boy Scout cabin for most of its life. And you can kind of see the way it's built. You know, there's two doors, one above the sign and then one at the top of the snorkel. And back in the day, it would just be you know, literally buried. But it's got a really cool fireplace in it. It used to have an upstairs and it slept eight Eagle Scouts. And they would kind of trek in and trek out. And the Boy Scouts needed money to help support their other lodges that they have on the mountain. They have two other ones. And this one only serviced eight kids. So we did a deal with them and we donated a bunch of money to them and they bequeathed the cabin to us. And we use it as a, as a taco shack now. Typically you go inside and there's kind of a, a kitchen in the back and a nice fireplace in there and it's it's really well done inside. And then we added these two porta potties which get interesting in the spring from a capacity standpoint. Every once in a while you gotta take one of those cement vibrators and stick it down there. Yeah, get, the, get the air out, you know. <laughs> Works pretty well. But it's so a, those, it's a so shitty job. Is it, how big is, it? <laughs> is it like a thousand gallon vault? I don't know how big they are, but we did two for that very reason. Yeah. But most of the time we get right, you know, to when we, we kind of close this in the spring. And uh, cause you know, we'd have to put something on the back of a snow cat to pump it. So yeah. then in the, in the summer we come down and pump it. Yeah. And those are the concrete, they're like prefab. Yeah, right, forest service, right out of the catalog yeah. deal. I want to get a couple for our back lot. And then uh, 
in the summertime, we use this kind of as the headquarters for the bike park. It's not open, but the, they, the, the bike park team works out of here. We're going to go this way and we're going to go down. Imagine going that flux point cabin really is cool uh in looking at it it looks like there's a giant chimney coming out the front of it this big steeple that jeff talked about but there's actually a ladder on the front of it and a little door up top because super heavy heavy snows would basically just cover up the cabin and you would climb that ladder up to the door and then go down into the cabin like a cave uh, fortunately, now they have snow cats and to keep that thing cleared and it's a taco shack. Hey, let's go to the midpoint of that proposed gondola where there is a mid station. Right here is the planned intermediate station. The idea would be a gondola with an intermediate station that would have beginner functions like carpets. It's really flat here. It's probably snow play like tubing. And then the concept of some yurts for skiing, skiing overnight, skiing, ski out overnight, camping uh, in the in the winter and mountain biking or whatever in the summer that would be associated with this this uh, uh, intermediate station. We probably park carriers there too for do maintenance on the carriers. And so the idea is the lower section would be used all day for the beginners, and you guys would lap the upper section and probably not bother skiing to the bottom, but. That's kind of the idea. And that way, it's not just a transportation lift that gets used in the morning or the evening, but it, it would be utilized all day is sort of the idea. What's the capacity on the cabins? There, the, we're looking at 10 passenger, the Omega 10 and the D-line lift. So it, it goes, it can go seven meters a second. But as you saw, we typically don't run our, our chairs at full speed just for wear and tear. And, and now we're skiing. We're skiing. Just skied over the permit area line. To our right, there's the big cisterns that is the water storage for the community of government camp. I'm actually not sure if cistern is the right term there for those gigantic water tanks. Oh, just skied into a, a new ski area. <laughs> From the top. I've never skied summit before, so I'm bagging another that one. That seemed very quick. I expected it to be a little bit To be bit longer? longer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not too far, really, as the crow flies. So, but you can see we need to kind of have that run be a similar breadth to this and cruiser so that it all seems like the same thing. And so Summit is a 1980 riblet. Um, well, that's all making sense now on that little skinny cat track that Jeff said he's planning, hoping to widen so it looks more like a ski run. It comes out right at the top of the Summit Pass lift, formerly the Summit Ski Area in Government Camp, Oregon. We can ride this lift once if you guys want to. We're kind of right on schedule. <laughs> you don't have to. Whatever Come on, like. there's nothing like a center post riblet. <laughs> Okay, we gotta get you guys back. So we'll check, we'll, we can look into the old Summit Lodge real quick down there. Yeah. And uh, and then I think Dalton's probably waiting for us in the van. I actually really did want to ride that riblet, but we were getting really constrained on we're time. Going into the Summit Pass Lodge. 
manager's office is up there. There's our high-end retail store and our restaurant. This is Greg Campbell. He's the manager down here. These guys are all skiery operators, Greg, just like yourself. You guys want a beer or anything? Real quick before we head up. Ice axes. And that was it. The tour of Timberline and the proposed expansion plan. Details about Palmer Lift and just the extreme weather that thing gets. The Silcox Hut, the whole deal. Thank you so much, Jeff Constam, John Burton, for being super host there and the whole team at Timberline uh, who had us all lined out with just a great stay, which teed us up so nicely for our board meeting where we got a lot of work done and we're really excited for the Mountain Works Conference. Now let's take a little road trip have a chairlift thought and get out of here. Follow that chair on out. Come on out to that red line. How y'all doing today? Good, how about you? Oh, it's living the dream, you know? It's another beautiful day in paradise. Here comes that chair, guys. Yeah. Enjoy. Nice gentle bump from the lift operator there. So this chairlift thought is coming at us from a fixed grip triple called the Rock Garden at Anthony Lakes Mountain Resort. And it's coming to me from a place of gratitude and recognizing some privilege in my life and from a point of grievance also. That bell that we heard Jeff Constam ring there in the Silcox hut. Turns out brought back a rush of emotion and memory for me because my uncle, Larry the Legend, uh, has quite a history with bells and he has just moved on, just taken his last chair ride. And so he ran a bell shop. He ran this bell shop selling those things. You know, think of a little bell, a little dinner bell, a little tea bell to choir bells, like 40 people standing on stage, ringing little bells in unison and somebody's holding the, the bell that's in the key of G and someone's holding the bell that's in the key of E and D and they all ring them as they're reading the sheet music and make a song. Two big bells, cowbells, big tower bells, uh, really the whole bell scene. And that's what, that's what brought that memory back to me. And that point of privilege and gratitude is because a lot of Larry the Legend's presence in my life uh, is why I'm here in, in the ski industry. His couch was offered up to me that first year when I was a lift operator. His driveway was offered up to me for me to park my van. Uh, and then when it's too cold in the van, I could go inside and hop on the couch and save up some rent money to where I could finally get my own place in, you know, in the high rent ritzy ski town, uh, which is something that hasn't changed, you know, rent and housing, of course, uh, <laughs> hasn't gotten any better over the last 20 years. It's probably gotten a little worse. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that experience and just someone then who had my back and, and enabled me to pursue this dream and I'm still doing it. And in part, it's because of Larry the Legend. So let's hear that bell one more time, and then I'll get out of here. Thanks for sticking with us as we transition the podcast to become Mountain Works. Larry, you're a legend. Your life was battle-worn. You'll leave us all a savior, and we'll take out all your scorn.
make sure you hit that subscribe button so the next episode pops up on your feed. Tell a coworker about the Mountain Works podcast and leave us some reviews. You're also going to want to head over to pnsaa.org, hit the education tab and find out all about the Mountain Works Conference, April 26th, 7th and 8th in Bend, Oregon. On the 27th, there's a very special day, the Mountain Works Assembly. The whole room is going to be packed with every level of ski area staff, owners, general managers, all the way down the line to frontline staff. And I know a lot of you guys haven't been before. That's why it's only 85 bucks. It includes this day of education. It includes a lift ticket to Mount Bachelor, and it includes the biggest end of season staff party this industry has ever seen at 10 Barrel Brewing in Bend, Oregon. So you're going to want to check it out. You're going to want to be in Bend at the end of April. We'll see you next time where we will continue to talk about how the mountain works. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Goggy Foggles. <laughs>